BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. And welcome to the Sports Ethos Chicago Bulls coverage show. I am your host, Keith Cork, and we are joining you here for a special uh, post-game show here uh, with myself, Keith Cork, and my friend and fellow Bulls fan, Mr. Trey Hill. Trey, uh, tough loss, man. The Bulls lose a thriller tonight, 120-127 to 127 to the Toronto Raptors in overtime uh, I got a lot of thoughts about it, man. I know you do too. But uh, first of all, it's fantastic to be back. I've, I've been out sick. I'm sorry, uh, all of our listeners and anyone that's uh, following the show uh, wasn't able to record after that Magic game. I'm, I'm glad that the Bulls uh, took care of business in that game, Trey. Uh, sorry we didn't get a chance to talk about it. But uh, they didn't exactly put it to the Orlando Magic. Magic fought hard, but uh, they got a win there. But uh, tell me some thoughts about tonight, man. What are you uh, first thing off the top of your head tonight? What do you got going on? Vucevic's best game of the season. Yeah. Really showed his value. Um, I hate to keep saying the same thing after each game, but the lack of size really, really hurt the Bulls. And Toronto's not a tall team. I don't believe they have a player taller than 6'9 on their roster. But they don't they don't have the height. They have the length. Instead of challenging you horizontally, they cha- or vertically, they challenge you, you know, horizontally. Yeah. And so it's... It's a real. It was a real challenge for a lot of guys, especially Demar. I thought, I thought we just had too much Demar in this game. Uh, personally, for me, given the length that Toronto has, um, those were my big takeaways. Vooch's best game of the season and a, a rough showing for Demar Derozan on the offensive end. Uh, yeah, he he had a rough. Uh, I know the first quarter, the first half was really rough, especially with that trap that they were setting on him. Um, that the Bulls had a really hard time adjusting. And we're going to talk about that more, Trey, because I, I had a comment, too, as I was watching the game. Uh, putting a little bit on Coach Billy Donovan, um, I did walk that back a little bit in the second half, uh, but we'll talk about that in a minute here. Um, but, yeah, Vooch, I don't want to you know hide that, what you said there. I want to go ahead and explore that a little bit. Um, definitely, 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 if not the best, then one of the best games he's had as a bull. 13-21 from the field, 61, 62% from the, from the field, 30 points, 18 rebounds, four assists, uh, a seal block. We're not expecting anything even close to this, um, you know, on a nightly basis. But I think for the last, I would say, eight games or so, Trey, he's been playing a lot better. There's been a few games where he's been, had a bad game. But I would say the stretch of the last eight games or so, he's been playing better and has been more along the lines of the guy 
that we're expecting him to be. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, he's definitely been able to find more of a groove lately, it seemed like. Uh, I think there's only been I, – I can only remember one game off the top of my head that where he wasn't able to get a double-double from the rebounds. He's he's just really been able to find his role and, and seamlessly fit in there. He he really stretched the floor tonight. I, I'm a fan of him taking as many threes as he's open for. I know you've heard a lot of fans kind of clamor for him to shoot less threes and to go more in the post. For me, it's – I want him to shoot wherever he's wide open because for Vucevic, if he's open, it's a good shot. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was what was open. And that's, you know, part, uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit, Trey. Uh, And you guys are listening to the Sports Ethos Chicago Bulls coverage show. Uh, And before I get started on this, Trey, I want to also remind our listeners here to please take a moment to go follow at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. And go follow it right now. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, so I did mention to you, Trey, that first half, you know, um, Toronto was playing a bit of a gimmick. They were, play- they were playing a high trap that pretty much every high school that has athletic players plays. Um, they were trapping the ball, right? And every time DeRoyne DeRozan got it, basically, at the top of the key, which he, he was getting at the top of the key every single play in the first half when he would touch the ball, pretty much, I would say 80% of the time. They would run a trap at him, two guys, right? And they have length, and that's hard to get get through that trap or get around that trap. So that's really difficult to, uh, position for DeMar to be in. But they were bringing the guy that was on the furthest Bulls player on the floor from the ball to the middle of the floor just to basically cover that area so that nobody could, you know, stand there and provide like a safety valve or a release valve. It's just a very simple, easy trap that high schoolers know. And so my comment to you was, you know, I was a little concerned about the fact that it seemed like we were doing the same thing over and over again. And, it, you know, we've had this problem before where we were talking about the 1-5 pick and roll and not trying something different on defense. So my concern when I when I said something, I, I just messaged you, Trey, and I said, you know, hey, I'm growing less and less with an AM or, or impressed with Billy Donovan as each game goes by. And that's kind of my 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 issue is the lack of adjustments mid-game. But now let me go ahead and, and say, just to add some nuance to this, I walked that back in the second half. I thought the second half, they, they made them get out of that trap within the first, I would say, three or four minutes of that second half because um, they were playing it correctly. And that's when Vooch, I, I believe he had two threes there, maybe at least just one. Uh, he had at least one three. But basically, you know, his his man would come to trap. He would just step up higher, be wide open from that three-point line, knock it down. Now all of a sudden they can't do that anymore. So um, that was my comment, Trey. Um, and I know you didn't exactly agree with me, but do you see where I'm coming from at least? Oh, yeah, I – I would definitely have preferred for him to have the team ready to beat that because it's it's not like it's something that's new to the Bulls. We've seen when DeMar's been hot, teams have ran that hard double at him. And it's something that the Bulls should already have been prepared for. To me, it it's just uh, – I don't understand – like for DeMar – you said it yourself. It's a high school play. It's something that's been around since the beginning of time. So to me, it's almost the players should know what to do. And seeing seeing the players make the adjustments come after halftime, to me, that kind of that absolves him of like, say, 75 percent of the blame that I had on him just because he sees what they're doing wrong. And when he has the chance to really make adjustments, that's what he changes. So to me, that's just where I gave him a little bit of a pass, but 
for me, if I'm going to criticize Billy Donovan, I think it's he he doesn't get creative right. late in the games. It's yeah. the, the same offensive set. It's that De, that Demar ISO play. Let him get right. to his spot and get his shot. And you you know a lot of times it's great, but when he's getting hard doubled, you know this wasn't this wasn't the team to do that against. I love Demar. He I, he deserves to be an All Star starter. But he he's methodical with his offensive game. He's not you know it's not super quick. He he likes to get to his spots, and having a slow, methodical older guy going against two young, long, athletic guys trapping him that's that's not a recipe for success in the NBA. So to me, I would have liked to have seen them this be the Zach Levine show. And let me let me make something clear. Um, I'm still very much up in the air about Billy Donovan Trey. And this is a guy who had Russell Westbrook in his prime, prime Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and for at least a few years, James Harden on Oklahoma City Thunder team. And he couldn't get the job done. So if I see, and let me be a little bit more clear about this too. I think he's an above average coach, but the jury's still out for me because I am worried and I'm looking to the postseason at this point. I think you have to look at the postseason at this point. There's no way the Bulls are going to miss the playoffs. I mean, there are ways that's going to happen, but it's not likely. So we need to start thinking about how is Billy Donovan going to make those in-series, playoff series adjustments? And I'm just not confident about that, Trey. And so that's why I've got a higher bar for him. And I'm not saying that he's a bad coach. I think he's an above-average coach, like I just said. But this is one very real concern I have about him is just um, being able to adjust to schemes and, and gimmicks that player that teams are going to throw at him. And I think that's definitely a skill. Like um, I'll point to someone like a Tron Lou and you can point to, OK, I've got a zillion guys out, whatever. You know, I'll, co- I'll, I'll point to Mike Malone. I'll point to Tron Lou. These guys have a zillion guys out, too. And they're still winning basketball games. And it's not all on coaching. There's also players stepping up. I mean, it it takes a whole team. Don't get me wrong. It's not all on one person. But when you sign those papers and put a stamp on that and say, hey, I'm the head coach, you're taking the blame as much as you're taking the credit, right? Yeah, and I'm not sure. I don't have have it up in front of me. When I saw we were going to talk a little Billy Donovan, I didn't think that we were going to be talking about his Thunder days. Um, But I thought he was pretty successful uh, with them. I know they didn't win. A championship, but if Clay doesn't get hot, they you know they beat the Warriors, and I think they very likely go on to win that championship. And I mean, other than that, didn't they have someone hurt going into those playoffs pretty much every year? Whether it was Durant, Westbrook, Ibaka, like I don't I don't know that he ever went in there, you know, with with a a, a full loadout. So, so, so brief so brief review, just and I don't know about the injuries, but brief review here. Um, Lost to the Western Conference Finals three to four in 2015-16, so that was a very close series. 2017, so he, this is his second chance to go around. Western Conference Finals one to four, lose lost to the uh, Houston Rockets, so they only won one game out of that series. 2018, 2017-18, uh, two to four, so he won two games against the Jazz. One to four in the Western Conference first round, and that's against the Portland Trailblazers in 2018-19. So um, pretty much a, a, a steady decline in, in now again there are other factors like you said there's injuries things like that but i don't know and, and I, you know 
I, I didn't watch those games as closely as I'm going to be watching these Bulls games, so I'm excited to see it, Trey. I'm just a little worried about it. That's all. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, again, I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm just saying it's something I'm just nervous about. So you're worried. What would is there something you would do different? Is there something? What what is it you're seeing that concerns you? Because for me, when I watch it. The things I see that concern me are: is he going to be able? Are they going to be able to get the ball out of Demar's hands at the end of games and still have him be find ways to be effective and stretch the floor because he's not necessarily a three-point threat. So, uh, like I worry about those types of things. But what is it you're seeing that gives you these causes for concern? So things. So there. Uh, let me just say first, there are things he does well. I, I think he did a great job figuring out the rotations. You know what players are going to be fit together and be together on the floor. I think he's done a fantastic. We get job it. You that. love him, but no. Yes. Yeah, so uh, he does a great. He does great jobs in, in different things. But so it concerns it has concerned me at several times this season is when a opposing coach um, just throws a wrench in his game plan. Just just throw something at them. And it's not even something they haven't necessarily seen before. It's just throw something that at them that they haven't been doing all game, and they'll do it. And the problem isn't that they do that. like that. that like the just, like the Popovich with the one five pick and roll. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, exactly like that. And and it's not. And, and and I've coached basketball before. I know when when coaches do stuff like that, it can throw you throw you off, and it can you can take advantage of it. But it shouldn't last a full quarter. It shouldn't last a full half tonight i felt like the first first whole first half they totally neutralized demar Derozan. he had a great second half because of the way that they were attacking that that trap and they got him out of that trap and then demar was allowed to be demar the bulls won the second half the bulls lost the first half by four points they won the second half by four points obviously to extend it to overtime <clears throat> and they should have won it by by more but i digress but that that's what concerns me trey is that um not necessarily that things are throwing him off, but that he's having such a slow time. Why not call a timeout and say, "Hey, let's try this." Why not at the you know in between quarters tonight say, "Hey, this is what they're doing to Demar Derozan." Maybe put Vooch at the free throw line, right? And if it's as a safety valve, I mean, like you said, they don't have anybody taller than Vooch. If he needs to throw it up to somebody, just throw it up to Vooch in the middle. I right, know this he'll is be there. yeah, and I know this is and I know this is easy, like basketball one-on-one stuff but the fact that we're not trying it is concerning to me and um you, right, you want you want him to see the guys not doing these simple things and instead of thinking oh they'll realize what's going on and they'll they'll you know get their head on right just calling it maybe even not even waiting to the quarter but just calling a timeout and being like hey guys look he drawing it on the boards really quick because it's not something that like you said that's super complicated you could draw it out on the board really easily and be like tomorrow when they come vooch you come here you know it's it's very simple x's and o's type stuff that you could do on a board so that that is a good criticism yeah um and then like i said it does a lot of other things great um uh, and, and i'm not um you know I, nothing's set in stone and i'm not an nba coach so uh take my criticisms as a grain of salt this is just me as a fan what i'm seeing uh i have coached basketball for a long time i played it for a long time but uh, i won't by any means say that i am smarter than billy donovan i'm not going to claim that it's just something that personally gives me anxiety uh trey but anyways let's move on let's talk about some other stuff here because there's some, uh, obviously some good stuff too it was a good good hard-fought game I actually thought the defense on both sides tonight um, was great. Uh, Toronto 
kind of lacks, you know, you're saying that Billy Donovan lacks creativity as far as like throwing wrinkles into the offense. Toronto's offense is pretty lacks creativity just just because based on their personnel, they they all kind of play the same way. They kind of go back to the basket, turnaround jumper, mid range, uh, which is great. I mean, it's fantastic, but it's not insanely difficult to defend. So I think that helped the Bulls to defend tonight. Um, but I thought it was a well fought game and they both defended well on both sides. What do you think? Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a, a really intense game on the defensive effort from both teams early on in the game. Uh, you meant we've talked about Demar being trapped early on. They were also having uh, Vucevic come over and basically double Siakam in the post early on in the game, and Vucevic was doing a really excellent yeah. job. I would even say an excellent job of being able to to time it for not getting the three seconds, getting being able to get over. Help on Siakam, get back, contest other shots. His number, Vucevic. I said this was his best game. I thought this year he he put up 30 and 18 and four. But really, what I was the most impressed with was impressed with is that defense yeah. I was talking about earlier. Just yeah. being able to have your head on a swivel, you know, kind of halfway guard three three guys at once and be effective doing it. That's that's key for this Bulls team because, especially right now, we don't have those point of attack defenders, and th- just huge for for Vucevic because they do all play the same. Siakam, I think, is their best player, and is kind of the guy who leads the lead leads the pack. And his size really bothered the Bulls tonight. It seemed like he he got off to a really quick start. I know he cooled off there towards the end, shooting wise, but it just it seemed like he was the key for them this game. Yeah, and um, yeah, I definitely I loved his his uh, after on defensive end. That's a great point, uh, Trey. I, I was going to mention that also, but uh, slipped my mind as we were got, got talking about Billy Donovan. But uh, but yeah, his his activity on the defensive side went wonders. And another thing I saw tonight that I really liked was there was actually a, a, a miscommunication at one point between him and Zach Levine, and they actually talked to each other about it, which I hadn't seen before. Usually they just kind of throw up their hands and like you know they'll talk, but it's not like it doesn't seem like it's like. A productive talk. it's like more of like a hey dude like get your crap together type talk um which is sometimes what you need but tonight it seemed more of like a hey this is what you know this is what i'm seeing here and it was like more of an intelligent conversation uh about what the defensive strategy was supposed to be so i i like seeing that um i would assume i can't can't give the kid enough credit game after game but uh just i saw steel on fred van Vliet tonight that was just incredible he just dug it out of his out of his pocket he went out of bounds and it didn't count as a steal but um just the kid man he uh has a nose for the ball uh, on both sides of the basketball he knows where to be on offense knows where to be on defense i mean um i know he's going to get a lot of flack tonight for the two very bad turnovers at the end of the game um really unfortunate especially the the one where he dribbled to the corner and just picked up the dribble, which is just like, you know, rookie mistake. I mean, um, everyone knows not to do that, but, you know, high intensity game, you just kind of lose yourself for a moment. Um, that second turnover where, where Gary Trent Jr. just jumped in and stole that outlet pass, I, that that surprised me. So that was a really good play by Gary Trent Jr., I felt like. I didn't, I wouldn't put that one on IO. Yeah, that was just uh, somebody making a really good basketball play. Um, for me... What I notice, it seems like every game with Io, especially whenever he's really in his playmaking bag, is the drop-off passes. When he yeah. dribbles into the lane and he will wrap around his defender and throw a bounce pass to a waiting big. Or, you know, it's not even always a big, but a lot of the times it's the big that he's, like, had the screen with. 
I think that if he continues to have success, that's going to be like his little trademark move is that little, that little drop off pass kind of like how Rondo used to have that fake behind the back thing he would do. I think Io is going to have the drop off pass. Yeah. It's a, it's a beauty to see, man. It is wonderful to see. I'm trying to look up Trey. Um, if I could look up maybe what the deflections were in this game, because there were a ton on both sides. Cause like you said, the Toronto Raptors like to um, contest horizontally rather than vertically. Um, you know, they're not exactly the tallest team, but they get their hands on a lot of basketballs and they get their hands on a lot of passing lanes. And their effort is just through the charts. They, their defensive communication is fantastic. Nick Nurse always has that team playing, you know, at a top tier level. So it's, it's not easy for the Bulls to have success against that. And that's, again, uh, I know Zach was was pretty questionable for this game, so I wonder yeah. if that's maybe part of why he didn't have as much usage as I would have liked to have seen. He only took 10 shots. Mm-hmm. But for me, I I was really hoping that the athleticism would be able to shine because it, it's got to be hard for DeRozan to shoot over a guy that's, you know, OG's, what, 6'8", with, what, a 7-foot wingspan? That's that's very, very difficult to to get a shot over and to make. So... Just a rough night against an excellent defensive team. We had 17 turnovers. It was, you know, I'm pretty sure we were out-rebounded. Yeah, yeah we were out-rebounded. Was... Only by seven, but that that's surprising to me. I, yeah. It seemed like we, they murdered us on the boards there early to, to take the lead. So, just we had 22, a, a disappointing game. 22 offensive rebounds to our 10 offensive rebounds. So that's that's well, the one huge difference I'll, I'll point to because um, it was. I mean, I mean that's, that's really – there's – Nick Nurse is, uh, he's incredible. He's, he, he deserved that coach of the year award. Um, I might end up having to put him in my top five coaches here. Uh, you know, I've got Spostra on there. I've got Pop on there, of course. I'm, you know, um, I had Brett You Stevens didn't have on him there. on there before? No, no, no. Oh, Nick Nurse? No, yeah. I, you know, I, I hadn't uh, watched a ton of Toronto Raptors basketball until like last year and then this year, to be honest with you. So, um, no, I, I didn't, have, I was sleeping on it, man. It, it was, it's, I've missed out on him, but. Uh, he's play he's playing that squad the exact right way that he should with what he's got. I can guarantee you that half the other coaches in the NBA, if they were given this NBA team, wouldn't know what to do with them. But he's doing exactly what you need to do to succeed with that team. They are a gritty, defensive, uh, athletic, long team, and it is tough to score on them. They make it – it's a grind. That's why I went to overtime, Trey, and I was like, this is not going to go well because I, I could just see the Bulls were – just tired man it was just they were just worn out i did not want that game to go to overtime so that last play was really unfortunate but um crashing those offensive boards like you said man that's um they are doing that every single play because they they have the length to do that everyone on their team uh like you said is just so tall so long uh not tall but long and uh they get their hands on basketballs man so um you know 22 offensive rebounds trade there it is right there i I don't really need so much more about it do i (laughs) No, not at all. They they really abused anyone that wasn't Vucevic on the boards and keep harping on Patrick Williams being out. That this is why we hope they upgrade that power forward position. They <clears throat> Bradley was the the first big man sub in the first half. They tried Cook in the second half, and they were basically basically pulled him for Bradley after he had back to back mishaps. Is that? I suppose the right word for for them. Uh, even Kobe, 
I didn't feel like had a super strong game. The effort was really there, especially on the defensive end. There were a few times I noticed he was able to fight over screens and stay with Fred Van Vliet. I think he kind of took that as a, a personal goal, it seemed like, in the game. But just overall, it seemed like when he was in, things didn't seem to go right. So maybe, maybe he was just the victim of his size against what Toronto had out there on the floor bothering him. Yeah, I think this is in a um, a situation where like the you know single game plus minus. I I know I posted on Twitter a while ago and you said you felt personally attacked. It wasn't personal to you, I promise, Trey. But uh, do not use single game plus minus. It's just there's just so much context missing with that. But this is a situation because I felt like when I was watching him play out there, um, he was impactful and, and doing well in the in the minutes that he was out there. But um, I think you're right that the Bulls probably had a big significant mar- uh, mar- you know loss margin uh, in terms of points when he was out. Uh, so he's probably, I, I, I'm not even looking at it, but he's probably the, yep, minus 19. He is the worst on our uh, team as far as the single game plus minus goes. And I still feel that's indicative of how he played. I, like you said, I thought um, he really gave a lot. Oh, of no, I, did, I don't feel like he was quite that bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me, oh, yeah, he was four of eight from three. Mm-hmm. So he shot the ball really well. It just seemed like every time he drove, he was, you know, anytime he was doing anything that wasn't a spot up three point shot, he was having to, to, you know, be amongst the trees. So I think the degree of difficulty was just kind of ramped up for him yeah, for me. It was. Uh, it's, it's you really definitely can't points. trust the plus minus because Vucevic was a minus seven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess that. I guess that's the overtime. Oh. So he no, he no, would have no, finished just... the game even. So oh, even, yeah. right, but right. being you know with the overtime he was minus seven. But Vucevic was the player of the game for the Bulls. If they can get that kind of that kind of effort from him on the defensive end that that's gold and the Raptors are one of the few teams that aren't going to just repeatedly put him in the pick and roll that's not something you know we saw a lot of tonight but it's nice to see Vucevic have a successful game on both ends now if we can just get it in a win so some good news here today uh Trey obviously Zach Levine named a Eastern Conference All-Star about flipping time. Uh, I think, you know, Draymond Green, Charles Barkley, several others, I think almost everybody that watches NBA basketball knows that he probably should have been a starter uh, over Trey Young. But uh, it's okay. He's going to play in the game, and that's really all that matters. Um, I don't really care for the game itself personally, but I do care who gets named to it um, because people do use that in the future or, or whatever to, you know, discuss who's a, who's actually a good player uh, during time period. So uh, glad he made it, Trey. Thought it was deserving. Um, anything you're looking for from, from you know, from, from Zach Levine this time around? I mean, you're looking for him to go off in the All-Star game. Do you even care? <laughs> no. I mean, can he – can him and – I know I know DeMar's starting, so it'll be nice to see them probably get to play some together. I'm sure the coaching staff will do that do that for them. For me, I just I I don't want him to play a lot. I want him to get healthy. I want I'm focused on the playoffs. Yeah. Most most years I'd be excited and I'd be like, man, I hope he gets I hope he goes, you know, between the legs in the mm-hmm. All Star game, which you know I still hope he does. But I my eyes is is kind of geared towards the, the playoffs, and I'm like you, I don't watch the game, so I look forward to whatever he does that makes the highlights. Yeah, I, I might catch the highlights here and there. I, I just it, it, there's no point. It's an exhibition game where there's no defense played typically. I do like the new format. I've uh, 
read a little bit about that and watched a little bit about that. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, but uh, but no, it's just not my cup of tea. Um, a little another a little interesting tidbit about the all star game. Uh, since the Bulls lost and the Heat won tonight, percentage points separate the teams in the bid to see which coaching staff is going to represent the Eastern Conference. Uh, at the all-star team uh, star game tray. So uh, a little bit on the line there too. The Bulls are playing the Pacers and uh, the Sixers and the Heat are playing the Hornets before the uh, the games are cut off for that. So it uh, would be kind of cool to see our coaching staff there. That would probably help you see uh, DeMar and Zach on the floor at the same time, wouldn't you think? Well, I, if I'm if Spolster is the coach, don't you think he's just going to play Zach and Demar like 48 minutes? <laughs> yeah, he wants to just run them into the ground. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think, Giannis, I don't think he, Giannis Durant too. Yeah, I don't think. He, yeah, I don't think he'd be allowed to do that. But uh, yeah, he's a smart guy. I I, I think it had to cross his mind at some point for sure. Um, but hey, speaking of games with no defense and lots of scoring and everything, hey, we have a brand new daily uh, fantasy partner at Sports Eat Those Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code Ethos when you sign up to get 100% deposit match uh, bonus on your first deposit, up to 100 bucks plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest teams playing every night. Score points when your props hit, and the player with the most points wins at the way. Player with the most points. Wins a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. And if you want to go to my uh, Twitter, at Keith, there's actually a link there that you can use to sign up and get your first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Very easy. Go to my link and click those, those sign-up buttons and uh, go do that. Uh, someone did that, actually, and I, I want to thank you because I did get a notification about it. So uh, whoever you are out there, great job. Uh, let's get some more. Uh, but no, Trey, uh, you know, exciting game at least. Um, this is the first game of a uh, trip here. The Bulls have four games in five nights coming up here, uh, which is just just brutal. Um, but they're going to be playing a lot of games here. They're playing the Pacers tomorrow, which hopefully is going to be a little easier than tonight, I would hope. Uh, Pacers are just utter t- turmoil. Uh, they've got the Sixers on Sunday, which is going to be a tough game, and then the Suns on Monday. So... Uh, what are you looking for in this next game, man? Are we looking for them to uh, take care of business early and, and rest these guys? I'm looking for another big Vucevic game. Miles Turner is not going to be playing. So Sabonis, while he is a very talented playmaker, and he, you know, he's he's very talented on the offensive, and he's not necessarily a talent on the defensive is end. He- is he going to be playing? Because I know he's been injured or in the health. He's been in the health and safety protocols. Let's I don't. See. I don't know if he's going to play or not. Um, Let me see here. It says Sabonis you're the injury is out. guy. It says well, right now it says Sabonis is out, but that stuff does change. Uh, but so, but yeah, let, let me run through this with you guys. They don't have Miles Turner. They don't. Have, they don't have Demonte Sabonis probably. Um, they don't have Isaiah Jackson who was playing for them. They don't have O'Shea Brissett. They don't have Goga. Oh, O'Shea Brissett and Goga Patazde, Patazde are uh, both questionable, so they might have one of those guys. But, yeah, I, I would think Vooch could probably cook any of those guys. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, so I, I expect a big game from Vooch is really where I'm at. My, you need to keep this momentum going with him, keep keep him getting involved, keep that, you know, good mental, you know, energy going into him because you see it how much it affects him whenever he struggles. You can see how much it hurts him on his face. And you see the joy he gets whenever he succeeds or whenever he comes through for the team. So I, 
to keep to keep that going for him, I think that would just be huge for his confidence going going into the stretch run. Um, I'm looking for Zach Levine to have a little bit of a bounce back here in this next game. Um, I would like him to be able to sit in the second half. I did. We did see him grabbing his back a little bit in the second quarter of today's game. Um, said he was okay, but uh, he did have back spasms that made him questionable today. So um, I'd like him to man just just drop a quick 20 in that first half. The Bulls are up, you know, 20, 25. Uh, he doesn't have to play that fourth quarter. I, I would be totally stoked with that. Um, can I give a little love, though, here? I, I, forgot, I have a note here, and I forgot to mention it. But Javante Green, man, every time this guy gets the ball going towards the basket, he's going to the basket like a bat out of hell, man. And uh, it is a joy to see because he, he has he has just reckless abandon, just no, no concern at all for what happens to his body. And, I mean, I have a little bit of concern, but uh, – how do I put this delicately? I don't want him to get injured, but I, I, at the same time, he's not as he's not as vital to the success of the Bulls as some other guys. So I love just the fact that he's able to go in there and just try to dunk on every single buddy that he drives up. Hoop on. Everyone, he just <laughs> yeah. everyone. Yeah, <laughs> you can't say enough about him. From the fact that we we mentioned Io passing turning the ball over to Gary Trent Jr. at the end. The only reason he was able to do that was because Green tipped the ball away. And, right. you know, one of the most crucial moments to get the Bulls a chance to go down and take the, you know, I think it was tied or take the lead at that point. So, he had numerous plays throughout the game where he's tipping balls. He's making the correct defensive rotations. He's guarding a guy. There's They set a pick and roll, and he knows they're going to pass the ball, so he just goes ahead and switches DeMar because he knows he's the better point of attack defender. So he just stay, you know, he stays on the ball. He does so so many little things that are underappreciated. He's, he's not quite as good as Caruso, but he's that same kind of glue guy when he's out there. Yeah, um... And he's not, he's not as good. Uh, I would say I would say on defense. Um, I mean, he, he's not as he's not always in the right spots on defense as uh, Caruso is. But uh, on offense is really where he's lagging behind Caruso because I feel like on offense um, he's just so limited in what he can provide. Um, but I still do love just watching him get the ball and just try to slam dunk it on everybody's face because that's that's awesome <laughs> and we all love to see that. Um, but yeah, so uh, we'll be back with you here tomorrow, Trey. Uh, hopefully you can join me for that one, but uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow and uh, we'll, we'll have a bit of a longer show. I think uh, for all you guys out on dash radio also, I uh, hope you're tuning in, tuning in there. Uh, you can listen to us there as well. Um, but I think that's going to do it for, Oh, one more thing, Trey, before we sign off, there was a little bit of an injury update here. Um, I don't know if you saw, but John Collins looks like he might've separated his shoulder tonight. Um, really unfortunate for him, man, but uh, that's a tough blow for the Atlanta Hawks. I know they're not really, uh, someone we're thinking about right now, but they are a team that still considers themselves a top four team. So um, tough blow for them, man. Uh, what do you think that does for the Hawks season if he has to miss, you know, a month or two? Well, that's news to me. So I'm reacting in real time. I think it really puts a damper on what they like to do offensively. You have Capella and Akongwu who are kind of interchangeable with one another, but John Collins is that lob throw who can also stretch out to the three-point line that kind of lets Capella and Okongwu have that around the rim airspace. So for me, I, I think it really hurts what the Hawks like to do because he's 
He's so vital in the offense he provides without having anything really ran for him. Much so much to his displeasure. Yeah, so much for those uh, Bulls trade rumors for John Collins. Uh, if he's actually going to be injured for any period of time, I don't think that's going to happen. I never thought it was going to happen to begin with, but uh, I think that would definitely rule that out. But, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a tough blow for the Hawks. Um, I don't know how they recover from that. I, I, Okongu's been playing really well. I have been watching them a little bit there because, Trey, I know you've been on that Okongu train. Uh, and he's been playing very well, so uh, I've been enjoying that. But I don't know if he can step in and uh, do what John Collins does for this team, specifically, like you said, on the offensive side. So, uh, but anyways, that's gonna do us here. Do it for us here at the Sports Ethos Chicago Bulls coverage show. I am your host Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at at bsbp Keith and Trey. Where can the people find you? On Twitter at final finally. And go follow us on Twitter. The show is at Ethos Bulls, please. And if you're listening out there and you have iTunes, please leave us a five-star review. Let us know how we're doing. Um, need to hear from you guys, man. Just just drop that nine, eight, seven, eight, nine-minute uh, review for us and tell us what we're doing wrong, what we're doing right. But until Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.